today on CityCast Philly. It's the Friday News Roundup. I'm joined by Jay Arzu, PhD student studying city and regional planning at the University of Pennsylvania, and Philly Inquirer reporter Jake Bloomgart. And we're all here to talk about public transportation and safety. It's Friday, February 17th, 2023. I'm Trine Nuri, and here's what Philly's talking about. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jake. Hello, hello. Hey there. What's your favorite way to get around Philly? And we're talking about transportation-wise. Jay, let's start with you. My favorite is the frequent bus that comes through my neighborhood, the 17. Comes every five to 10 minutes. And oh, that's good. That's I'm convenient. A- <laughs> no, it's extremely convenient. And I'm able to get to Center City in a zip. How about for you, Jake? Uh, so it sounds like we live in pretty much the same part of the city because I also love the 17. Uh, okay. <laughs> because it comes so frequently and it picks me up, yeah, like two blocks from my house. I mean, I also, uh, when it's nice outside as it has been these last couple of days, I like to ride my bike just because, you know, it's total freedom and also uh, it's a small workout. Um, but yeah, the 17 is certainly my favorite way to get around the city in terms of mass transit. All right, so let's talk about um, actually riding the bus and, and and the subways. You know, we've seen in a lot of headlines recently um, in the past couple of days um, and weeks, really, just an increase of violent attacks on subways. Uh, do y'all feel safe when you travel um, on SEPTA? I would say on the bus, I do. Like the only time I've ever really had anything uncomfortable happen on the bus is like uh, there's like been one time where there there are some like teens who are like acting out and like but it wasn't even that bad and that could have happened at any point i feel like anywhere in the country any point in time i would say the broad street line feels a little dicier than it used to uh certainly Mm -hmm. like more people like smoking and stuff in the stations but the real problem is the Market Frankfurt line um, and this a spillover from the opioid crisis in Kensington has just kind of really subsumed that line, which is unfortunate for a number of reasons, but for one, because it's, you know, or was the most heavily trafficked of the heavy rail lines. And um, yeah, I've like seen some pretty gnarly stuff on the Market Frankfurt line that I did not used to see before the pandemic. Jay, what about for you? Like, do you feel safe um, when commuting on the bus and subway? Yeah, so I I feel generally safe getting on the buses and uh, the subways here. I, like Jake, think that the Market Frankfurt line and the Broad Street line could be safer, but I I think that we're going to get into a conversation about the necessary changes to make it safe. I think that it's definitely solvable. And, you know, I, I like Jake, would agree that the Market Frankfurt line is a little bit worse. I think that there's, you know, sanitary conditions could be better. It could be cleaner. For sure. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it is solvable. Yeah. So this week, SEPTA started adding more police officers on the Broad Street line and the L along with unarmed security officers. What do y'all think about those types of measures? Or, you know, what kind of measures can keep people safe on public transit? That's a very, very good question. 
I, it's in my opinion that, you know, there needs to be a zero tolerance policy for drug usage on the subways. There needs to be a zero tolerance for, for smoking on um, the subways as well. Um, I think that, you know, we need to go back to a time where we respect the ride. Um, we, you know, don't engage in activities like that on the subway. If you want to do that at home, that's, that, that's your private life. That's fine. But on the subway, that's public. So we shouldn't be smoking. We shouldn't be doing drugs, you know, and, and that's definitely going to enhance a lot of the issues that, you know, people have been complaining about in terms of the drug use by having a zero tolerance policy mm-hmm. and unfortunately having to hand out tickets as well. Does that actually work, though? I think it does. I, I used okay. to ride the Washington Metro, and I used to ride it when food wasn't allowed. You know, and if they caught you with food, you were going to get a hundred and fifty dollar ticket. So people wow. people wouldn't even want wouldn't drink coffee, and and the train the trains were much cleaner. You know, sometimes when I'm on the Market Frankfurt line, I see leftover food and different things. Yes, yeah, I think we yeah. need to be a lot stricter you know, on our subways. And I think that with this, with these policies, we'll see a much cleaner subway, a subway that more people would want to use. And this is just a part of the strategy that I think is, you know, a low hanging fruit that we can do to support safety and a better sanitary environment on the subway. Yeah, that's interesting. I never really thought about those other things. And I mean, I don't know, like I used to, uh, Uh, going to work downtown and I needed that cup of coffee. But yeah, maybe I could just wait until I get into the office. So Jake, any other uh, measures? I know you've covered transit in other cities. Um, Any other like cities that are just doing it better? (laughs) I mean, I feel really like the key here and a reason I am kind of apprehensive about the future um, especially of the heavy rail lines is, you know, I think more than any like policy change, the thing that deters antisocial behavior is having large numbers of people not acting in an antisocial fashion on the trains at, at all times and a like knock on effect of remote work is that there's just a lot fewer people on the trains period now like ridership is still like catastrophically low so you're saying that more people may deter some of those like violent incidents or those 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 moments that uh make it unpleasant yes absolutely yeah that's like the easiest way um and i kind of worry that we're in this like loop of there's fewer people riding so there's more people who are in distress shall we say like more homeless people more people addicted to drugs stuff like that who are on the subways uh, more also you know young people acting out because there's not enough people around to kind of keep them in check and then septa is never going to have a large enough uh like law and order footprint to patrol every station and every train. So what you kind of need is like a large group of people um, who are just like using the subway in a normal way. And uh, that would certainly deter. I mean, we saw in New York and places where ridership has come back more strongly, you know, crime and whatnot on the subways has been falling. 
despite what like the New York Post might want you to think. Or certainly like, you know, again, I grew up in DC. I was using Metro uh, after I got the vaccine uh, and it was dirtier. There were, I saw somebody smoking on a Metro train, which I had never seen anything like that. I had seen stuff like that in Philly, but in DC, uh, as we were saying, it's much cleaner, uh, more well-kempt uh, uh, system. But yeah, like norms had kind of deteriorated there too. But again, I was just me and this dude on the train and, and he was smoking. Now, when I go back and visit my parents and I ride the subway, it's back to normal. And it's just like, but that's because there's a lot more people. There's a lot more people using it. Let's also talk about some other aspects of public transportation that get overlooked. Um, you know, Jay, you've recently been talking about Roosevelt Boulevard needing a subway line. And I remember for years people have kind of wished and hoped for that. Um, but some SEPTA officials say it's not feasible. Um, it, you know, it gets really expensive. Um, why do you think Roosevelt Boulevard needs a subway line? Well, Number one, outside of New York, this had it would have the, the highest daily ridership of any proposed a subway metro heavy rail line in the country. You know, you look at BART Silicon Valley phase two, that's about 60,000. Second Avenue subway phase two is about 100,000. When they last looked at the Roosevelt Boulevard subway between 1999 and 2003, they estimated an, uh, that 124,500 daily riders would use that. And yes, you know, there's less, there's people working from home today, um, and it, it would probably be a little less than that. But even still, that's that's a high amount of new riders to the system mm -hmm. that would take thousands of cars off of the already dangerous Roosevelt Boulevard. Yes. And yeah. while we're building the subway. You know, there's innovative things that we can do to lessen the cost. Um, a lot of the SEPTA officials who have made comments about, uh, you know, the Boulevard subway, you know, there hasn't, the study hasn't come out yet. We don't know what the price is yet. They're speaking too preemptively. You know, we need to, we need to get the facts on the ground. And if we are able to find out that the Roosevelt Boulevard subway today would have over a hundred thousand riders and would cause this amount of economic development to happen in Northeast Philadelphia. I think that the subway line is extremely feasible and is something that the Federal Transportation Administration would want to fund because of the amount of riders, the amount of transit-oriented development. This would be a boom for Northeast Philadelphia and get, you know, thousands upon thousands of Philadelphians working. So that's the type of thing we want to see in our city to help it continue to grow. Jake, do you think this is feasible? Um, and to Jay's point, you know, I would love to add that, you know, I, sometimes, you know, it, there's traffic on Roosevelt Boulevard. I hate to I get really sad when I watch the weekend new, morning news on TV and I hear that a pedestrian was hit by a car. Um, and I know that, you know, Roosevelt has added um, like speed enforcement cameras. Um, I've got a ticket or two for going over the speed limit. And I'm like, you know, actually, I, I understand. You know what I mean? I I agree with those measures because cars used to just fly on Roosevelt Boulevard. And yeah, like it takes it takes many buses to get from Frankfurt and, um, you know, all, all the way like Red Line Road 
to get into the city and, you know, go to a game, go downtown, go shopping. Um, but yeah, Jake, do you think this is feasible? Yeah, well, I certainly think it's a good idea. And I do think it's notable that SEPTA is working on this King of Prussia light rail line. And that's with... the Norristown speed line? Yes. Yeah, it would, it would be an extension of the, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the Norristown yeah. line, yeah. Which I think is like one of these ideas that it's like, I don't know. I mean, I like see uh, why they think it's a good idea, but I don't think it's actually going to uh, have the effects that they are hoping for. Um, and I think the yeah, Roosevelt Boulevard subway would make a lot more sense and would get a lot more riders than the King of Prussia one uh, would. Yeah, my fear is just kind of to return to like the doom loop question that SEPTA, you know, right now is able to float along on a cloud of funding from the feds uh, that we got uh, during the, you know, pandemic years. And moving forward uh, with ridership so dramatically down and fare revenue being so dramatically down, we're going to be facing some pretty huge budget holes. So we're just going to be struggling to maintain service at the very inadequate levels it already is at, as opposed to being able to really embark on a bunch of like dramatic projects. And again, with these questions of like safety and whatnot, that's, you know, another thing that's just keeping people away. Although I would just like to note that safety wise, especially, you know, Antisocial behavior is on the rise everywhere. As I'm sure everyone's noticed, people are driving a lot worse than they used to. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> sure. uh, crashes and whatnot are way up. So honestly, driving is still more dangerous than riding the subway, um, even though it feels like you're safe because you're in your little box. But everyone else is in their little box too. And those little boxes all have the side effect of making people kind of only look out for number one and encouraging self-focused behavior at the best of times. And these days, it's uh, having much more catastrophic outcomes than it was before. Right. And I think Leslie Richards, the CEO and general manager of SEPTA, estimates that um, like an underground subway would cost at least $3 billion. And that's money that they don't have. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have it, but that's also a guesstimate. Leslie does not know at the time, you know, how much it's going to cost. We have to wait for the PennDOT study because they're going to start studying soon uh, the corridor. We're going to have to wait and see how much it costs. I don't know. Leslie doesn't know. No one can tell you how much that subway is going to cost. But what I can say is that if we are innovative in how we construct the subway, we could save billions. You know, when Leslie, you know, spoke in interviews, she spoke about a tunnel boring machine. But truthfully, Roosevelt Boulevard is wide enough that we could build a cut and cover subway within Roosevelt Boulevard's 80 foot median that was literally designed and made for rapid transit. We could borrow technology from Spain where on the Madrid Metro they use medicular or prefabricated pieces to construct the metro line. We're not looking at best practices. Like, let's let's look at best practices and then let's tell the public how much it's going to cost. Could it be three billion? Could it be five billion? We don't know yet. Let's have the study play out. The study that's going to be done by 
PennDOT and um, the firm HNTB, and we're going to know the, the, um, the actual numbers. And then from there, we can make the decision where the region wants to go. I definitely agree with what Jay was just saying, that we have horrible uh, best practices when it comes to construction of transit projects. And it's just like orders of magnitude more expensive in the United States than it is in other wealthy nations to expand transit. And we're obviously doing something wrong. And it's not a union issue because there's a lot of unions in East Asia and West Europe, and they still manage to do it uh, much more cheaply than we do. Before we leave, uh, what's one thing that you do love about SEPTA? I mean, I do just love not having to own a car. I was in my 20s able to save a lot of money uh, because I did not own a car. And that would have been pretty impossible to do with that SEPTA. Yeah, just like the freedom to be able to get around the city and to some extent to get around the region without driving has been really wonderful. And it's like one of the reasons why I live in the Philadelphia area as opposed to like, you know, Atlanta or interesting Charlotte or Phoenix or some sprawly city uh, where you pretty much have to drive everywhere. And Jay, what about you? What do you love about SEPTA? Well, I, I, I'm a big fan of the Broad Street line and the way it was built. You know, it was meant to have spurs to go northwest and northeast and i believe that there's some people who are saddened by the fact that philadelphia doesn't have a larger subway system i'm one of those people that isn't saddened by it i'm saying let's build it now it's never too late we can't go back and and fix the past but we can certainly build for the future jay arzu and jake bloomgard thank you both so much for joining me on citycast philly such a pleasure. Yeah, thank you for having us. Hey, y'all. Here is the CityCast Philly tip of the day. If you're trying to avoid a speeding ticket, don't drive over 45 miles per hour on Roosevelt Boulevard because there are cameras enforcing the speed limit. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. Our lead producer is Mallory Folk. Our producer is Abby Fritz. Our Hey Philly newsletter editor is Brittany Valentine. And our host is me, Trine Nuri. Music is by Philly's own Interminable with additional music from All the Kimonos and James Weldon. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend, rate the show, leave us a review, and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We're off on Monday observing President's Day, so we'll be back Tuesday morning with more news from around the city. Have a great weekend. Be safe. Bye. You know that when I was a teenager and I lived in D.C., I did some pretty uh, wild stuff on the subway. (laughs) That was, like, not great. And I would not want to be around my 16-year-old self.